I'd say, I am blessed. Well, we're going to start a new series this morning called The Blessed Generation. It's the series that we're going to jump into this morning. And my prayer is that through this series, the word blessed and blessing and bless, singular, becomes a part of your everyday vocabulary. I pray that you experience so much of the blessing of God on your life throughout these next six to eight weeks that blessed just becomes a common phrase in not just your personal life, but in your household, in your workplace, in your family's place. When you get together and have fellowships, the word blessed just begins to become a part of your family's just everyday lifestyle. And if we're going to really be the blessed generation, we need to really find out what God says about his blessing, about what he thinks of blessing you, his children, us, the body of Christ, us, the fellowship of believers. Let's find some truth to this because in today's church age, there's a lot of junk going around about what is blessing and what is blessed and are we supposed to be blessed and are do we walk in the blessing of God? Is the blessing of God really real? And if you hear the term blessed by this certain person on TV, you think it's all about money and if you hear the term blessed by this certain person on TV they say you shouldn't walk in any blessing well let's really find the truth to the blessing of God and so what we're going to embark on in these next six weeks is the blessing of God on your life how it is real how it is in effect still to this day and how you can walk in the blessing not for your sake but for the sake of transforming the nation that we live in and the world that we live in to show the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and I want you to open up your Bibles today to the book of Numbers chapter number six and when you found numbers chapter number six I need you to stick your finger in there flip on over to Ephesians chapter number one and verse number three and we're going to begin to find out what the blessing of God is on our life what the blessing of God is in our personal life and let's see what God says about his blessing and the blessing of his kids number six and verse number 24 and these two scriptures are going to be our theme verses of scripture throughout this whole series the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them Ephesians chapter number one and verse number three it says praise be to God the father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places I really struggled with this first message trying to get it together because the blessing is so big the blessing has so many scriptures that are tied into it the blessing has so many different aspects to it the blessing has so many different bad teachings about it that we've heard in the past I really began to struggle where do I even begin on this huge topic called the blessing of the Lord and if we're going to be a blessed generation we need to find out what really the blessing is we need to find out how we operate in it and we need to find out what the blessing is used for we need to begin to walk in everything that God called us to walk in so as we begin this morning these are three points that I'm going to say on every single message that I preach on the blessing of God the blessing of God is not things but it is what God has said. Some of you guys drive down the street and you see your neighbor who never goes to church living in a bigger house, driving a nicer car, actually has two or three vehicles plus a wave runner plus a four-wheeler plus takes recreational getaways every other weekend and you're wondering why is he or she so blessed and God, I go to church and I'm not blessed. See, you got the wrong concept of blessing. You think blessing is things. The blessing is what God has said about you. And as we establish these principles this morning, these are going to be key for us walking into the truth of the blessing. So the blessing of God is not things, it is what God has said. The blessing is not a license to live recklessly, but a lifestyle of discipline. 
Some of you step into the blessing of God and when you tithe and you've seen great increases in your paychecks, but you've used it as a license to go spend all the money on something else and get further into debt rather than embarking on a lifestyle of discipline to further your benefit throughout the history of your life and the kingdom of God. God blesses you not for your sake, but for his kingdom's sake. Some of you guys sit here and pray for money all the time. You want to know how you can get God to give you money? Tell him how you're going to use it for his kingdom, not for your own selfish desires. But see, here's the problem. When you get the money, you got to use it for his kingdom, not your own selfish desires. And because God's all-knowing, he knows when you're lying to him when you tell him. (laughs) we got to understand the blessing of God is not a license to live recklessly, but it is a lifestyle of discipline that you embark on. I love this, and I'll get into this more in a couple messages down the line. It's the term, can you stand to be blessed? See, a lot of you guys, you say, oh God, if I just had this or I just had that. A lot of you wanted a truck and trailer. Now every friend you have wants you to help them move. (laughs) God didn't give you the truck and trailer for you. He gave you it to help you the body of Christ. And so can you stand to be blessed? Because when you start walking in the blessing of God, it's going to stretch you every way imaginable. And if you do not have a lifestyle of discipline in place, it's going to run you right into the ground because God's not going to begin to pour things on you that you can't handle. So when you begin to handle them, if you don't have discipline in place, you're not going to be able to fulfill all the things that God's called you to fulfill. Now, here's the last thing I want to emphasize. It is not something that magically appears, but it is something that enables you and empowers you to do. A lot of y'all think the blessing is something that magically appears you literally you think the blessing of God is like the lucky charm cereal box that you open it up and you hope you got the right amount of marshmallows that's your favorite color you just think it's magically there well the blessing of God is not just magically there the blessing of God is there because God said it it's in operation because you say it by faith and he empowers you to do things with blessing so when God begins to empower your business for growth he expects your growth to benefit the kingdom of God When God begins to empower this church for growth, he plans on it to be empowered for growth for the kingdom of God's sake. We're trying to shine brighter and shine farther as a blessed generation, not so we can build an empire here in Northeast Texas, but so we can go around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything that we're doing here for the home front is so we can shine brighter around the world. So it's not about building a mega ministry in Northeast Texas. It's not. It is about when a church calls and says, hey, we're getting a team together to go to Oklahoma because we just got hit by a tornado. Do you have anybody who can come? And we got 50. 15 people at a moment's notice can drop what they're doing, can say, hey, I'm taking a day off work, get in a van with 35 other people and go up to Oklahoma and make a difference for a day. God has empowered us to be blessed to do that as a church where five years ago we couldn't have done it. We couldn't have helped. We couldn't have done anything with it. So I'm excited about the blessing of God. As we go through this, we've got to begin to understand that the blessing of God does not magically appear. It's something that enables you and empowers you to do. You will not be in the blessing of God until you know what God has said about your circumstances, your conditions, your situations, and your life. See, some of you guys, you wonder what the calling of God is on your life. You wonder, why can't I be blessed like so-and-so to speak like so-and-so or to sing like so-and-so? God, why am I not blessed when God already says you're blessed? God said this, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I've got great and mighty plans for you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares God, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But because some of you think that's God said that to everybody else but you, you're not walking in the blessing. So until you know about what God said about your life, your personal life, you as an individual, until you make the scripture personal to you you'll never walk in the blessing 
And if we want to walk in the blessing, we got to understand that when God said something to the body of Christ, he said it to me. It wasn't to the preacher. It wasn't to the worship pastor or the youth pastor or the executive pastor or whatever myriad of pastors you want or the Sunday school teachers or the elders or the deacons. He said it to you personally and you must accept it personally. This is why in the body of Christ there is such a dysfunction going on because everybody says you have a personal relationship but when the Bible says something, you think it's talking to somebody else. But that is why there is such dysfunction in the body of Christ. We say, oh, I have a personal relationship with Jesus, but everything that the Bible says, it's for somebody else. No, everything that the Bible says is for you, and it encompasses your life. If we're going to walk in the blessing, we've got to know what did God say about my circumstances, about my situation, about my conditions, and about my personal life. I want you to understand that I am very big on what I call the theory or the doctrine of firsts. What do I mean by that? The first time something is mentioned in the Bible, I'm very big on the definition or the very phrase that follows it because it sets the precedence for everything else that is said throughout the scripture about it. For example, when Jesus, first time he ever mentioned the church was in the Gospel of Matthew. The first time he ever mentioned the term church, this is the phrase that followed it. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Our definition of church should be the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But your definition of church is, if I were to ask you, what is church? Oh, it's a gathering on Sunday morning where we get together and we worship and we sing songs and and it's a great time of fellowship. We even eat together sometimes. We even have amazing church parties sometimes where your definition is so different than Jesus' definition. We really don't know what Jesus said about the church because we think the church in the Western culture is a civilized organization that does good civil works sometimes and has the benefit of people in mind for the kingdom of God. Is that a good encompassing definition that's politically correct so we don't get in trouble? No, when Jesus said, the first time he mentioned church, he said, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So I'm very big on the theology or the doctrine of first because the first time something is said, it sets precedence for what it's going to do or what it is throughout the rest of scripture. So if we're going to walk in the blessing of God, we need to find the first time blessing or bless or blessed is mentioned. And we got a very neat feature on our website. There's going to be an icon on our website. You'll see the screens that scroll across across the top and you'll see a LOL screen, a rage screen, one that says blessed generation, but one that says walking in the blessing is going to get put up on there this week. And you can click on that banner and it's going to come up with about 700 different scripture verses that speak of bless, bless, or blessing. So you have over 700 scripture verses that you're going to get to read, to study, to meditate on, to put to memory in your life about how the blessing is real, the blessing is true, the blessing you can walk in it. See, I'm serious about you walking in the blessing. But until you get to know what the blessing is and know what it means, you're not going to walk in the blessing. God's not going to give his glory to another. He's not going to give you something that you can't handle or you're not ready for or you haven't disciplined yourself in. If we don't begin to understand where blessed even started, we're never going to fulfill what the blessing of God is. The first time blessed is ever mentioned in the Bible is Genesis chapter number one in verse number 22. And I want to, if you believe in writing in your Bible or marking in your Bible, to circle it, highlight it, star it, so that every time you open it, you see blessed. And you need to put a little asterisk by it that says this is the first time it is ever mentioned in the Bible. Now, if you have your iPhone or if you have your iPad and you read on your iPad, you can still highlight with that. Because this is the first time blessed is ever mentioned in the Bible. And if we do not understand what blessed means in the Bible, we're never going to walk in the blessing. Genesis 1.22 says this, God blessed them saying. Now this goes back to our very first point. We're going to stop right there. Some of you are like, you didn't say nothing. Oh, it just said everything. God blessed them by what did he do? He said. 
God blessed them by what he said. Notice the very first thing I said this morning. The blessing of God is not things. It is what God said. So God blessed them and said. God blessed them and said. So when God blessed you, it's what he spoke about you, not the things you tangibly see in your life. When God blessed you, he said, I'm going to bless you, Jenny. Boom. And what did he say about Jenny? He said, she's an overcomer. He said, she's more than a conqueror, according to Romans. The Bible says, Jenny, that you have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some of y'all are thinking, but that's not me. Yes, it is, because God said it about you. If you will quit arguing with God, you'll walk in the blessing. See, some of y'all are arguing with God so much he can't bless you because you're fighting against him. What God said about you is what determines your blessing. It's what determines that you walk in the blessing of God. So the Bible says in Genesis 1.22, and God blessed them saying. Now in Genesis 1.28, it goes on a little bit. I want to read what the Bible begins to say of what God blessed them and what he said. The blessing of God is not the tangible results that come from the blessing. It's what transpires before anything ever happens. In Genesis chapter 1 in the 28th verse, the Bible says God blessed them. And these are the five things he said in verse number 28. To number one, be fruitful. Number two, to multiply. Number three, to fill the earth. Number four, subdue it. And number five, to have dominion in it. So when God blessed them... He blessed them by saying the blessing of God is not the tangible things. It's the results that come from the blessing of God. It transpires before anything ever happens and you physically see it. Listen to this next phrase. It says, if you want the blessing of God to occur in the visible or the physical, you must understand that you must first address the invisible and the spiritual. If you want the blessing of God to occur in the visible and the tangible areas of your life, you must first address the invisible and the spiritual areas of your life. Go back to Ephesians chapter number one. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Where are you seated? In heavenly places. So if God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms or heavenly places, and the Bible says you are now seated with Christ in heavenly places, you must first begin to address the blessing from a spiritual standpoint because the Bible says God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. And so if the blessing of God is going to take place in your life, it is not going around saying, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. See, a lot of these things you've heard on TV, oh, if you want money from God, just just go out there and say, you're rich, you're rich, just name it and claim it and it's going to happen. Listen, you better start addressing the spiritual before you ever begin to try and look for things in the physical. If we begin to address the invisible and the spiritual, things will begin to happen in the physical and the tangible. Let me give you an example. The Bible talks about tithes and offerings. The Bible says, if you give God his tithe and your offering, then he'll open up the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing on you, you do not have room enough for it. I'll prevent the pest from devouring your crops. The vine of your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. You will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Did you hear all the blessings in there? But you gotta address the spiritual issue of tithing in your life before you can ever reap the physical blessing of the tithe in your life. You must begin to address the spiritual issues in your life before you'll ever see anything tangibly take place. You never saw your lifestyle change and become Christ-like before you made a spiritual decision to accept Christ. When you made a spiritual decision to accept Christ, the blessing of Christ came into your life and now you start acting different, you start walking different, you start talking different, you start living different, you start being a godly husband and a godly wife, you start living like a believer in your life. And so if we're going to walk in the blessing of God, And if we're going to do what the Bible says is the blessing of God, which is be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue it, and to have dominion where we walk on this earth, we better start addressing the spiritual issues in our life. We better start looking to God and saying, God, I'm ready to walk in the blessing, but spiritually, I need to start knowing something. Where do I fall short? 
See, we're good at looking at people and say, ooh, she fell short there, and she fell short there, and he fell short there, and they fell short there. But we don't want to look at our own life and say, God, where do I fall short? Listen, when we begin to address the spiritual issues in our life, God will begin to address the tangible blessing in your life. Listen, the blessing does manifest tangibly. It shows up in physical ways. You can compare everything to that to your salvation experience. When you got born again, you changed. You were different physically. Your countenance was different. Your face was different. Some of you need to tell your face you're saved this morning. You don't really like what I'm saying because now you're having to deal with you spiritually. And listen, if we're gonna walk in the blessing of God, it's gonna take a spiritual evaluation in our life. If you are short, falling short, lacking in some area of your life that you believe should be more blessed. Maybe you think your marriage should be a little more blessed than it is. Don't look at your spouse. Start looking at your life. Why? Because you better start addressing the spiritual issue in your marriage before you start trying to address the physical issue in your marriage. What do I mean by that? What did God say about your marriage? You're a fruitful vine. You're one. How many of y'all been one lately? Until you know what God said about your marriage, you can't walk in the blessing of a blessed marriage. See, the Bible says, husbands, you're to love your wife as Christ loves the church. You're to love her, to nourish her, to cherish her, to give yourself up for her, just as Christ Jesus does the church. The Bible also says, what God has joined together, do not let man put it asunder. It doesn't say pray against the demons. It says, guys and women, protect your marriage and don't let somebody come in and bother it. You need to read the book of the Song of Solomon. Some of y'all's faces are turning red because you've obviously read it. (laughs) And you understood it. Now listen, until you begin to get the spiritual side right, and here's where it starts. Find out what God said about your marriage. Parents, find out what God said about your kids. The Bible says there'll be olive shoots around your table. The Bible says that your kids, train them up in the way they should go. When they get old, they won't depart from it. And even if they stray a little bit, the Bible says they're going to come back to it. What does the Bible say about your finances? Just go back to the tithe and offering scripture. Well, tithing, brother, it's not mentioned in the New Testament. Yes, it is. Jesus talked about it. Jesus specifically mentioned it. He said, the problem with the Pharisees is you tithe, which is good, but you neglect the greater issues. He never said tithe and don't do it. He said you neglect the greater issues of justice and mercy. So Jesus mentions the tithe. So listen to me. What does God say about his blessing on your finances? The Bible says it is God who gives you the ability to get wealth. Some of y'all just had a crisis of belief. But if I got money, I'm going to hell. I've heard that all my life. No, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. If God said, if I can give you a million dollars, if you'll give every penny of it away, then how is that evil on your part? Money is an innate object. It can't be good or bad because it's dead. It has no life. But the people who utilize it, well, that shows if it's used for good or bad. So if we are going to get to the place where we walk in the blessing of God, I want this week everybody to find five scriptures of what God said about you. Five scriptures of what God said about your life. Five scriptures that what God said about your family. Five scriptures of what God said, and you're going to have an easy key on this because we're going to put 700 of them up on the website. What is God saying about you? Because until you find out what God said about you, you're not going to walk in his blessing. Because if you don't find out what God said about you, you're going to believe what everybody else says about you. But when you begin to start believing what God said about you, God's going to make something happen in your life like you've never experienced. This is why I tell my kids this all the time. Before they go to bed, I hug each one of them. I give them a kiss. I tell them this. I say, Daddy loves you always and forever, no matter what. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has great and mighty plans for you. You'll be mighty on the earth. The blood of Jesus covers you. The angels of God surround you. You walk in the favor and the blessing of Almighty God. God. My kids hear that every night before bed. Why? Because they're going to know who they are in Christ. They will walk in the blessing because that's all that's going to be ingrained in them. Now I wish I had this ingraining in me growing up. 
Not that my parents were bad, but my parents were growing too in Christ. And praise God, now I get to pass it on to my kids. But don't miss an opportunity to start blessing your kids. We're going to get into a part of this series where it talks about how do you bless. Two men are in Hebrews chapter 11, which is the hall of fame of faith, because they did this. They laid their hands on their kids and blessed them. Go read Hebrews chapter 11. And so and so laid his hands on his kid and blessed him. God, what constitutes them being in the hall of fame of faith? Did you see what their kids went on to do? Do you see what their kids' legacy that they left? So if we're going to walk in the blessing, the first thing we've got to begin to know is what did God say about me? He says, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You're an overcomer, not the overcome. You're a victor and not the victim. That you walk by faith and not by sight. What else do you want to know? To walk in the blessing. Find what God said about you in the blessing. To experience the blessing of God in your life, this is what I need you to do this week. When I say these three terms, I need you to open up your heart and begin to grab onto it. If you shut me down, you're going to get a messed up concept of what I'm saying. I want you to hear what I'm saying, not hear what I'm not saying. You need to do the first thing, which is walk it. The second thing, which is talk it. Second thing, you need to live it. Let's look at walk it just for a second. Walk it means this. When you walk it out, where are you walking in your spiritual life? A lot of your spiritual lives, and a lot, which is manifesting in your physical lives, a lot of our lives look and smell like manure because we're walking in a bunch of manure. Start walking in the things of God. Start walking in what God said. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, before you go to work, you ought to have a scripture that you're going to quote for all day long. You ought to have a scripture lined out that says, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus who loved me and died for me. I'm more than a conqueror because you know what's going to happen? You're not even going to get to work and somebody's going to cut you off on the side of the road and you're going to have the opportunity to step in a manure pile, but you're going to not do it. You're going to walk in the blessing. You've got to consciously find out where you're walking spiritually find out where you're walking when you go home tonight and you turn on primetime television and you see what's on there you're going to have the ability to walk in the blessing of God and turn off a lot of the junk or walk in the manure pile again and ask God to forgive you tomorrow if we spend more time focusing on what goes into our spiritual life we'll see a lot more results coming out in our physical life What we don't understand is what this generation tolerates, the next generation embraces. You begin to tolerate walking in the manure pile, your next generation's gonna live there. I don't want my kids living in the junk of this world. I want them living in the things of God, in the blessing of God, in the power of God, in the anointing of God. I want you to start living in the blessing of God, the power of God, and the anointing of God. Some of y'all are saying, Pastor, I'm 70 years old. I've already missed my life. God says he can restore the years that the locusts have eaten. He can bring it to fruition. All the years that you've missed the blessing because he's God Almighty. See, God's not been holding back on you. God's waiting for you to start walking in a place where his blessings can rest because God will not throw his blessings out there for you to drag them in the gutter through a manure pile. He's getting his blessing out there so you can empower and prosper and bless the kingdom of God to pull others out of the manure pile and get them into the blessing as well. And so the first thing you gotta do is you gotta walk it. You walking it is you gotta find out where you're walking and what you're walking in. I'll never forget when, uh, it's probably, Lord, it's about 15 years ago now, when my dad was traveling a bunch and my brothers and sisters had already moved out and just basically me and mom lived at the house. She wouldn't let me walk in the manure. Every time I would say something that was contrary to the blessing of God, she'd look at me and say, do you want me to agree with you in that? It's like, mom, I'm so dumb. Do you want me to agree with you in that? Because she would. She'd just join right in prayer with me. But she was not going to let me stay in the manure pile. She held my walk accountable to me and we're going to walk it out as the body of Christ let's encourage one another to walk it out to walk it out the second thing I want you to begin to talk it out it's not you running up and down the street when you get home saying I'm rich I'm rich I'm rich it is you declaring what God has said about you in the scripture 
It is you finding what God said about you and saying, I'm agreeing with God rather than the world. If you're going to come into agreement with one thing or the other, I would choose God. I mean, that's just my choice. You can come into agreement with whatever you want to. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord and come into agreement with God. And so if your marriage is struggling right now, I want you to start talking it tomorrow. I will love my wife like Christ loves the church. I will give my life for her. I will nourish her. I will cherish her. I will make sure she is well taken care of. I will love her like my very own flesh. Many of your mind starts wandering something on the computer, man. I will love my wife like Christ loves the church. Come on, let's get real if we're going to be church. If we're going to be the body of Christ, let's address the real issues. Ladies, your husband comes home in a bad mood because he's been fighting himself all day trying to love you like Jesus loves the church. And he ain't in the mood because he's been so busy fighting the things of the world. And he walks in and you just look at him and you say, what's wrong with you? The Bible says, ladies, you are to love and respect your husband. Husbands, give him something to respect. So when you come home in a bad mood, you say, baby, I've been fighting this spiritual battle all day long. I've been fighting to stay out of the gutter. Here's what I've been dealing with. And you open up to her. And she will love you and she will respect you. And she'll say, I will love and honor and I will respect my husband. Because that's what Jesus asked me to do. He may be in a bad mood right now, but in Jesus' name, he's been trying to walk in the blessing of God. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would come into his life right now. Now, husbands and wife, y'all start walking in the blessing of God like that together? Some of y'all thinking, ooh, I just wish I had Joel and Sherry's marriage. I didn't say we did it. I mean, I'm just being honest. But we have started working on it. We've started trying to apply it. What does it matter if you miss a day? Start it back up the next day. What does it matter if you trip and fall? Get back up. The Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up again. It doesn't say he didn't fall. It says if he falls, he gets back up. You slip off in the manure, you get back up in the main street and get back going down the middle of the road. You need to walk it. You need to talk it. You need to live it. Better word is lifestyle it. You want to know why your kids act the way they act? Because they see mom and dad acting the way they act. You want to know where your kids figure out how to fight? Because they see how mom and dad fight. You want to see how your kids begin to treat people? Because they see how mom and dad treat people. You need to lifestyle this. It is not something that you try. It's something that we do and something who we are. I want you to begin to live a lifestyle that says I'm an overcomer. I'm a victor. I walk in the blessing of God in my life. We overcome. Do bad things happen? Yes, they do. Will the devils pop up from everywhere? Yes, they will. Because what's their job? To stop the blessing of the Lord. What's your job? To live out the blessing of the Lord. The Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against all the demons in the heavenly realms and all those other things. We don't just walk it. We don't just talk it. We lifestyle it. And we make it like it's the coolest shirt you've ever worn. You don't want to take it off. Y'all ever bought a new clothes? And you just love that shirt so much you wore it every other day? Especially when you were a kid, you know? Mom says, you can't wear that shirt three days in a row. But mom, I love it. You need to lifestyle it. Listen, when you begin to establish this in your life, you become like what I call a bobber. Y'all ever been fishing before? Now listen, I like to catch fish, but I don't like to go fishing. Some of y'all are saying, how is that possible? Because if I'm gonna be out on a boat all day, I better be catching fish. Some of y'all can go out on a lake all day and you'd be happy just casting a rod for eight hours. Did y'all catch anything? No, but I had the best time. You give me 30 minutes, I ain't caught nothing, I'm jumping in the water and having fun. Some of y'all say the same thing. Joe, how can you go out on golf course and just hit a ball all day long and chase it? Oh, it's the best time ever. Do you realize you're hitting a ball and then walking after it? And then you're hitting a ball and you're walking after it. I like to equate the Christian in the walking in the blessing of God to a bobber. Have you ever been fishing and you cast it out there and you have the bobber? And then you're floating. You're on top. You're in the blessing of God. Then something grabs a line and tries to pull you under. 
it doesn't matter how hard they try to pull you under because a bobber is always destined to come to the top. It doesn't matter how deep it goes. When that line breaks, the bobber's coming back to the top. It doesn't matter how dark it begins to look when you're walking in the blessing of God. The bobber's coming back up to the top no matter what. You are just like that. The Bible says, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places, and you are destined to rise to the top. It doesn't matter how hard something's pulling you down. And the better thing is, the person on this side of the bobber is stronger than the fish on that side of the bobber and so you're destined to come to the top because you're hooked to the greater force you must begin to understand you are destined to walk in the blessing of God you are a bobber who's going to come to the top every single time and when times get bad enough and you're thinking this blessing thing pastor it doesn't work you just need to call on God say God start reeling it in start bringing it in and God will start bringing you to the top He'll start bringing you to the place where you're up above again. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. I love the word of God. It tells exactly who you are. Some of you think, Pastor, I don't even know where to begin in my life. You have no clue about what I've gone through in my life. You have no clue about where I've been in my life. You have no clue about my past, and you don't even know what I'm stuck in right now. I know this, the blessing of God is powerful enough to get you out of any situation that you've ever been in. The blessing of God is strong enough to pull you out of the darkest, deepest gutter and put you right back to where God's destined you to be. I know this, that the blessing of God is powerful enough to raise a dead person back to life, because that's what God did. The Bible says the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the grave lives on the inside of you where does the blessing of God begin by utilizing that power in the word of God some of you are saying but I don't know Jesus he's where the blessing starts